Hey guys, what's up? Here's another episode in another installment of Flick City. I have two movies, two movies filled with interviews for you. And these are actually two sets of interviews. So I have no idea why I said they are filled with interviews. But hopefully one of these movies or maybe both of these movies will pique your interest to actually watch them or give your thoughts on them if you've already seen them. The movies I'm spotlighting for this installment is American Carnage and Slapface, both entirely different movies. For American Carnage, I have Diego Halivas and his brother Julio Halivas. Diego is the director and co-writer of this movie, and Julio is the producer and co-writer of the movie as well. Diego is also a producer. They're called, they're known as the Halivas Brothers. I interviewed them years ago, maybe, uh, maybe about four, three, four, well, about four years ago. My buddy Leo, he has a, his little condo right by the PCH. And he, he asked me one day to, to join him because he was going to interview a couple of really interesting filmmakers. Spent the day at the beach with Leo and the Halivas brothers. And that is what I referenced to at the beginning of this interview. They did a short called The Laughing Man. You know, if you watch the YouTube video, which I will actually link to, let me write this down on the notes. I will link to in the show description. It's called The Laughing Man. Very interesting, very, very awesome movie. If you watch The Laughing Man, you'll see all of the promise behind what they can do as filmmakers. It's really, yeah, The Laughing Man, it was released back in 2016. So, oh my God, I can't believe it's been about five or six years since I've interviewed them. Anyways, I never got to interview them for their 2017 film Curvature, but now they're they're back with American Carnage. Okay, so that is the first round of interviews I'm going to do. The second round is this movie Slapface. Again, it's also on VOD and digital. And I have director-writer Jeremiah Kipp and also actors August Maturo and Mike Manning. Okay, really enjoyed both movies. Mike Manning is also a producer of Slapface. Slapface, here's, here is the plot line behind Slapface. Quote from IMDb, a boy deals with the loss of his mother by creating a dangerous relationship with a monster rumored to live in the woods. The reason why I got these interviews for Snap, uh, for, oh, I was going to say Snapface, for Slapface is this week it premieres on, on DVD, VOD, and digital. You can also watch it if you have a Shutter account. You can watch it. It's a, it's streaming on Shutter. Okay. So it's a really cool interview. It's a 15 minute interview I have with Kip Maturo and Manning. I enjoy this movie. It, this has some really interesting, it's a very immersive film, like I said in the beginning of the interview. And August Maturo is fantastic in the movie. They're, August and Mike, they play brothers and they have a very abusive relationship. The elderly brother, played by Mike Manning, they play a game of slap face, which, I mean, if you're two adult brothers who are doing it, that's one thing that's still abusive. But Mike Manning's character, he's older and his younger brother, August Maturo, I think in this film, he plays a... He plays Lucas, and I think Lucas is maybe a twelve, a twelve-year-old kid. So slapping a twelve-year-old kid, and you're the older guy. Mike Manning plays Tom. Starts off the movie in a very brutal fashion with them slapping each other. Yeah, it's just an abusive kind of movie. But amidst all of this abuse and ultimate bullying and horror elements, with a possible monster that lives out in an abandoned building, there's a lot of things going on within Slap Base. And during the interview, Kip and Maturo and Manning they talk about actually shooting and living on the environment of Fishkill, New York. I've heard of Fishkill. I know nothing about the environment, but from what I can see from Slapface, it's a very interesting place to explore cinematically. And I really enjoyed what Slapface had to offer. My only warning regarding this movie, which though I do endorse, the ending of the film is will divide some people. Okay. I think that's a good thing, but going in 
Listeners, if you are want a straight A to B plot and if you want everything explained to you to the finest point, nothing wrong with that. You may be disappointed with the ending. That said, I think this is this movie is really worth giving a shot if you are a fan of horror thriller coming of age elements. And what's great about Slapface, it is pretty much uncompromising regarding storytelling. So really high on Slapface. Would would really love to hear what you guys think of this movie, whether you love it or not. Okay. Again, Shutter, VOD digital and my biased thing if you have some extra cash it's on dvd so I, I mentioned to jeremiah at the end of the interview about owning a dvd the importance of owning dvds in this day and age of digital now going back to american carnage i enjoyed that movie as well because it had a really and i allude to this i mentioned this in the interview the halevis brothers they actually have minority casting and they're all these actors are all really good in this movie. Okay, let me look at the... There's Jenna Ortega. I think you might have seen her. I haven't seen this movie X. I believe Jenna Ortega was in X earlier this year, the Ty West film. Let me see. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I'm looking at IMDb. No, I'm not wrong. Okay, so I'm usually wrong. But Jenna Ortega is one of the one of the actors in American Carnage. But the main lead is Jorge... Actually, he doesn't go by Jorge. George Lendeborg Jr. I haven't seen him in anything. You might know him from... Let me, let me, I'm going to IMDb right now. You might know him from Love, Simon. Actually, Love, Simon was back in 2018. He was in that one. But he is best known, I think, at least for the 2021 film Night Teeth, which I hear is interesting. I haven't. He played Benny. I believe he was a driver. I could be wrong because I haven't seen the movie. But that movie, when it was released in 2021, did get some play and some recognition. So you might know George Lendeborg Jr. You probably know Jen Ortega. Eric Dane from Grey's Anatomy, Grey's Anatomy, which I know him from, and I'm sure a lot of other movies or I'm in a lot of other projects. Wasn't he in a, in a series called The Last Ship? Just Really interesting actor. I like him as a as an actor as well. He ha- he plays an important role in American Carnage. He is the guy who spearheads this program to get these immigrants, these these children of immigrants, or to actually enroll in this care of the elderly program. And if they actually complete this program successfully, there they won't be behind bars for being illegal immigrants. So this movie tackles. Legal immigration, the immigration, the way we treat our immigrants here in the States, while also being a very entertaining genre film. The title American Carnage is really cool because there is a twist in this movie that I think you will really enjoy if you, if you end up watching this movie. Now, fellow cinematics Facebook group member Chad Wolfong, I asked him what he thought of American Carnage. He ended up liking this movie as well. Again, would love to hear what you think of this movie. So first up will be my interview with the Halivas Brothers for American Carnage. And then will be my interview with Slapface director, writer, Jeremiah Kipp, August Maturo, and Mike Manning. Oh, also finally, I, I will be changing my email, even though I will still receive stuff under Deepest Dream, editor at deepestdream.com. I am trying to build up the Find Your Films website, Find Your Film website with Bruce Perky, Eric Holmes, and Anderson Cowan. So you can reach me at info at findyourfilms.com. There's going to be a lot of really cool stuff that I'm going to be putting on that website right now. I'm trying to build it out. We'll be posting some extra podcast stuff or stuff we do on the podcast for Find Your Film and Cinematics on that website. And I'll be doing DVD Blu-ray giveaways there. Just a lot of ton of giveaway stuff, ton of spoiler stuff. Just I want to make it sort of a pretty much a I know I use the word immersive a lot, but just a really hands-on deck kind of cinephile movie site. And yeah, 
that'd be, that's my dream. I don't know if I'm going to fulfill that dream. Have I fulfilled any dreams in my life? I don't know, but I get to interview really cool people and learn and actually live vicariously through them. That's a good thing. So maybe in a way I've half fulfilled my dreams, but one of my big dreams, one of my dreams right now, oh, hopefully it's a, it's a, for posterity for an evergreen dream is to actually build out the find your film website so I can promote cinematics, find your film, those podcasts, but most importantly, have a place where people who love cinema can go to for spoiler discussions, for just and film reviews and all that other extra stuff. All right, guys, love you all. And I am going to shut up right now. And here are the interviews for American Carnage with the Alivas Brothers and also with the Slapface collaborators, director, writer, Jeremiah Kip, August Maturo, and Mike Manning. Thank you guys so much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Parties and girls, it's gonna be lit. Later, man. My sis going to Columbia. Looks like I got the looks and the brains of the family. I'm proud of you. Okay, who are you? Governor Finn wants all detained immigrants gone by election day. Gone? I deported? Zero tolerance. The DA is offering to drop charges if he volunteers to help care for senior citizens. At Owl Cove, we truly appreciate you being here to help out our seniors. How am I supposed to eat this nasty-ass meatloaf? Psst, I suggest you say something, you know, because you're scared. I'm Argentinian, boludo. You stick to the program, your time here should be pretty fast and easy. Yeah. Sorry? Oh, you really got away with the ladies. Getting out of here. What are you talking about? You trying to escape? It was an accident. Oh! Oh my god. It's okay. Hey, you. Look, done. I promise you, you stick with the program, you're going to leave this place more mature. You may even gain a newfound appreciation for life. Mr. Phillips, you okay? Mr. Phillips, not breathing. Am I in here because I'm Latino or black or both? Interviewed you guys way back when, maybe about three, four years ago, over at my buddy Leo's Leo's Beach House, right? For the, left, for the Laughing Man. Yes, yes. Of course, yeah. I was gonna say something just now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So great to great to see you guys again. Um, How's everything? Good. Good. And I'm going to ask you right now, how is everything <laughs> with you guys? Well, you know, first off is a film 101 question. Okay. First of all, you guys are very special in the sense that there's many things that make you guys special. First off, working within not the big studio world, but still, and being more indie, being indie driven, but making films that are very elevated in concept and production design. What's the key to actually managing that on a financial level and a scope level? But what are the what's the key to doing what you guys do? Well, I guess it's a balancing act between uh, you know the high concept idea and then figuring out 
what to do the most with what you have, right? Like, so for example, if you watched our movie, you know, there's a little set pieces that didn't require a lot of enhancing for them to look good. So you kind of have to find things and then kind of work around them. And then, re, uh, you know, realize where you want to allocate the resources to, to you know, go with that high concept, whether it's a VFX shot or makeup or something like that. But you have to be very, like, meticulous and, and kind of, like, design the film that way, kind of, like, reverse engineer it. And I also think a big part of it is also the crew, you know, the team you surround yourself with. Uh, I mean, we've been always... We've been very lucky that for, for this project, we were able to find a great crew in uh, Spain, actually. And uh, that, that's what gave us a lot of the tools that we have now and also give more, more bang for a buck, you know, if we shoot overseas. So that was, that was a little bit what we did with this project in order to make it look a lot bigger than what really is. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. Like, it's a team effort and, and you want to surround yourself with people that uh, can do a lot with, with very little. Well, you guys talk about also speaking to the immigrant experience and also the elderly experience, because I think it's a very layered film that you guys are making in the sense it's a horror thriller. It's engaging. It's visceral. But there are so many really just really important topics that you guys address. And the fact that, you know, there's everyone's cool with capitalism. Just forget forget everyone else who are doing all our hard work. Can you guys talk about the themes and your passion behind, you know, American Carnage? Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen uh, lately over the years the sort of like the the rampant late stage capitalism that's been taking taking place, and so how everything becomes so monetized and so uh, exploited that it's very easy to then have categories of people kind of uh, you know at the end of, of you know some someone's gonna profit if someone's gonna profit then someone's gonna suffer, and yeah. that happens to the elderly and sometimes the immigrants, you know, and and. That was two two groups that we think that sometimes are voiceless, and uh, that's why we thought it was great for you know for us to put them together, you know, and and having the immigrants go to these retirement facility because it's two groups that they don't have a voice sometimes, and that it's it would be the perfect place in order for them to hide these gruesome experiments. You know, so I've I've been doing interviews for over thirty years, and for me being a minority, it's it's just. I don't know if it's the norm now, but I, can you guys talk about the passion for you guys just for this film to actually have a minority driven narrative because within this genre? Because I personally, I, I haven't seen that a lot over my 30 years, maybe more now, but is that another reason why you guys are passionate as, as creators and filmmakers to do something yeah, like this? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, this clearly was a reaction to, to, you know, the, what's happening, seeing the footage of uh, separation of families and like, the, the, the politics of it all, how both parties kind of use minorities to manipulate the masses. So for us, this was a very personal project in the sense that we wanted to make, to do something that when we look back 10 years in the past, or, you know, I'm sorry, when in the, in the future, 10 years in the future, when we look back and say, what did we do? What did we say about this? And, and you know, use our skills as filmmakers to say something about it. I mean, and also as Mexican-Americans, I mean, we, we, we've been trying to push, you know, diversity in Hollywood, you know, that's, Something that for us has been really hard to get certain certain jobs because they only, I mean, they ask certain projects from us, and and so we're trying to to show that to prove Hollywood that I mean, there's you know as as Latinos we can be in, in different type of roles and not just the stereotypical roles, and you know, and that's very important for us because this is the type of projects that we want to do. I mean, we definitely want to do something with a social commentary, but we also wanted to do it fun. And, and easy to digest because I feel like it's easier to communicate a message to people, you know, if you do it in a lighter way, which we did with horror and comedy. And also when it comes to like the, the diversity that you were mentioning, 
we wanted to make sure that we had a diverse ensemble cast of Latinos, but at the same time show how different we can be. Because that's one of the things that we, uh, you know, encounter a lot in, 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 in Hollywood is uh, they think of Latinos as one stereotype, as like a very cookie cutter uh, version of it all. So we wanted to, to show as much variety as possible to, to show that, you know, it's, it's, we're not a race, we're an ethnicity and, and we come in all kinds of shapes and, and sizes and flavors and accents and nationalities. So we wanted to have as much of, uh, of the diversity front and center. You know, what's it like for you guys, just from uh, just from your, both of your observations behind the camera, just to see people like George and Bella and Jenna just shine. You're talking about 10 years from now. It, it'll be interesting when they go back, when people go back to American Carnage and they'll realize this was a part of their, their foundation to see these actors grow. I mean, is is it a joy for both of you to see them shine in your film? And are you excited about where all of their futures are are headed as well? Absolutely. I mean, I think that it's very clear that there's a lot of untapped potential and, you know, our cast shows that because just look at them, you know, there's, there's so much range. There's so much talent there that, that isn't being tapped. So, you know, we definitely look forward in, 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 you know, in the future to see them doing and taking bigger projects for sure. I mean, it was so easy to work with a cast like this. I mean, they, they, I mean, everyone's so talented. They got along very well and, I mean, it was just pointing the camera at them and just giving direction was was very easy for them to understand it. And they were all very prepared. So we, I mean, we had an amazing cast. That That's part of why this movie is the way it is, is because it's an amazing cast. Yeah, definitely the chemistry between them elevated the, the material because there was a lot of improvisation. And even just in the rehearsal, we could tell right away that they, they everyone just clicked. And that you cannot plan. That that you, you kind of just have to be lucky that you can pick the right people and, and we got lucky. I think the scariest thing about your movie is your story doesn't seem so fantastical about what's happening to us on a daily basis. Did you see, I mean, do you think, do you guys think your movie is completely, you said left of center or actually it really uh, swims within certain truths of today's society? I think it swims in it within certain uh, truths, I, I, it, but the execution of it, of it is, 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 you know, left of center. But uh, that, that, and that was like the whole approach methodic, you know, we thought about it specifically was, you know, there's this crazy thing happening in, in, in politics right now. And, and you're not the first person to tell us that, you know, it is not that different from reality. It's just how you present it. If you, if you make it left of center, then it's a little bit more digestible to accept that it's not that far off from reality. I mean, obviously, yes, it is a little bit crazy, but as, as we've seen lately in politics and, and in the world, I mean, a couple of people can just change rules left and right to, to do whatever they want, you know, and that's, that's a scary part, you know. Sometimes you, you, you see this movie and you're like, oh, yeah, that would never happen. But, I mean, sometimes you're like, it could happen, you know. Some of this stuff is it's just, it's just pretty crazy yeah my final question to you guys is right off the top of your head can each of you name one of your all-time favorite films and what is it about this film that still resonates with you uh i would say the film Itu Mama Tamien by alfonso Cuaron, uh because that movie was one of the films that made me realize or made me self-aware of, of directing you know like i, I would always just consume movies as a, as a little kid and not question the making off, right? It was just like, it's a movie and I'm sitting down, I'm watching it and this is the world for the next two hours. So that movie, for the first time I realized like, oh, there's someone behind 
the camera, telling everyone what to do, what to say, how to set it up. And, and when I became self-aware of that, that's when, that's when I wanted to become a filmmaker. So for me, that movie is, is very personal in that, in that way. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to pick only one movie because I feel like every movie, I always find something that I love and, and that I learn, you know, and there's so many different voices and, and the expression of their art that it's, it's very interesting. But I think, I mean, definitely, you know, top, top uh, Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro is a movie that, it takes you to places and, and it's when you, I mean, I really felt like an out of body experience in a way of, of like watching something magic when I, when I watched the movie for the first time. So I think definitely, I think Pan's Labyrinth would be my choice. Thank you guys so much for your time. Are you guys prepping something right now or as we speak, or are you just still in, in pre-production mode for another project or what's going on with that? And we're always working. We're always developing ideas, but uh, right now we are working on something uh, longer format, you know, TV format uh, with a couple of streamers. Hopefully we'll have a, an announcement pretty soon but yeah we're working on something for sure thank you guys so much i really enjoyed this film and you know what i apologize i still haven't seen the the time travel film i think curvature from 2016 right. 2017 i'm gonna i'm gonna go in and, and uh, check it out this week so i thank you guys so much for your time all right thank man. you Greg. Take nice care. to see you again man pleasure all right hey guys how are you good how are you perfect greg first off jeremiah really love slap face and you, just yeah the, this is such an immersive film and can you just talk about how long it took for you to, to pen the screenplay? Because it, it has so many different layers. And I would assume it's an outsider that would, that it took you a while to actually craft this story because it's very, very intense. Yeah, Greg, this wasn't draft one of a script. You know, it was it was layer upon layer upon layer. And that is how I like to write. You know, I'm not a three draft writer. I'm a 30 to 60 draft writer. And, uh, and it takes on additional layers and layers and layers. And then once... Mike Manning had come on as our producer. He went through another 15 drafts after that. And it was a deeply rewarding experience uh, working with Mike because it was originally a, uh, a father and son story. And Mike uh, threw out the suggestion of uh, what if it's an older brother and a younger brother? I was resistant to the idea at first. I was like, well, what? But once I took it on you know, and started writing, uh, it immediately deepened the character, it deepened the situation, and it uh, deepened the entire scope of the story. It actually made the, the the father haunting over this movie like a ghost. And it made this older brother trying to be emblematic of things that his father had taught him. So while Tom is trying to be a good person, he is using toxic tools that he learned from his father. And that only came about through Mike Manning, you know, through Mike throwing out an amazing idea and like once we incorporated that into the script, the story became as much about, as much Mike's as it was mine. So I have to give him full credit for this wonderful uh, ingredient in our story. It was a great collaboration, and I felt enormously supported by him as a producer. He enabled me to tell the story that I wanted to tell, and it also enabled him to tell his story. You know, Mike and August, that you know, this is movie quote movie magic. But how intense are those slap face scenes? How did you guys prep for it? I, it's hard as a viewer to ju just to watch. It feels so intense. What's the illusion behind it? Or was it actually as really intense as one is, is seeing? So. You want to answer should, or should I? Go for it. Okay. Um, the, uh, even though we weren't actually slapping each other, these scenes were very intense because of our, um, amazing stunt coordinator, Matt Kerr, who, um, taught us all the all the the movie magic behind everything not just the slaps but also 
the gun in some of the um the bullying scenes where I'm being tackled and those, the, the scenes are so emotionally intense. That it's just so easy to bring yourself to the character. And it was just so easy to be there. And we were, we were on like on location in Fishkill, New York. So it was like, we were actually there the whole time. Yeah. I, 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 for a 12 year old, we struck gold with August because he was so incredibly committed and with every emotion in every scene. Um, and, and it wouldn't have been the same movie, you know, if he had not been so committed. So, uh, there were a few times where I felt like he was actually going to slap me in the face, but he never, he never did. Um, and then something that August touched on is I think something that's really, really special about this movie is that when he says that we shot on location in Fishkill, we shot and we lived on location in Fishkill. So I personally slept in the bed of my character, Tom. I would wake up and I would use Tom's coffee maker and open Tom's refrigerator. And I, and I would, you know, I, I, I lived in that world for our entire time on set. And August was staying in another cabin nearby. Uh, and he was right next to the woods alone in that cabin with his mother. And so he was basically on set the entire time. And Jeremiah was staying in another cabin and uh, with, with, his crew and, and everything else. And so we would wake up and have our coffee and walk to a section of the woods. And that would be our, our set for the day, or we would come and the cameras would, would, would come into my living room and we would shoot there and I would just be in character as Tom. And so it was a truly immersive experience that I've never done on a film before or since. And I think that that was another really special element of this film that made it feel so intimate. A lot of the scenes, in my opinion, it feels like the camera just happens to be there uh, catching a glimpse of the lives of these two boys and, you know, and, and then, you know, others that they invite into their world and, and it feels so intimate. And I think it was because it was intimate because we were just living that, that world for so long. Yeah. I, I, this is an open-ended question and this is an, probably an answer that can last an hour, but can you guys speak to the fact that Slapface it has its horror and monster elements, but I really appreciated its realistic depiction of, how we as human beings deal with our own traumas. And I, I just found it, it great because there's no picture perfect ending in, in real life, how we are able to overcome or maybe not overcome our traumas. Can you guys just talk about this, that theme and, and just growing it within the story? Sure. I mean, the, um, the 10 foot tall monster exists side by side with uh, systematic abuse. And, you know, we wanted to, present that to the audience in a conversational way saying like, well, what is, what is monstrous behavior, you know, and what is the context of monstrous behavior? Uh, so I don't think these things are easily resolved. You know, the, the, the complexity of being in an abusive relationship is not that they hate one another. Tom is slapping Lucas out of love. He's imagining it as a way, as a shock to the system to prepare Lucas for an uncompromising world. Uh, the various other characters that are abusing each other in this story are doing it for their own reasons. It's either I, I'm afraid that I will lose my social currency or, um, or if, I, if I allow myself to be vulnerable, then I will be attacked. You know, so I think that, you know, what we really wanted to do with this film was address the broad spectrum of trauma in all of its messiness and in all of its strangeness. And in counterpoint to the horror movie and the monster story, you can have a dialogue about what this behavior means. Okay, so this part of the interview, I'm going to cut out. So this is just regarding the ending. Can you guys uh, discuss regarding 
Lucas and the monster, there are so many different interpretations. And I'm sure the actual real accurate interpretation, it relies on the actual individual. So everyone's going to have their own interpretations. But just wanting for you guys, is Lucas seeing things? Is the monster real? And all that stuff, because there's so many kind of clues regarding the police station. How can that happen? Also, Anna's body, how can that be transported? Is that, are the, can you guys address these issues, which I think are interesting? Well, so, August and Mike can answer it however they like. Uh, I, I would say that I, I can't, I would, I don't want to answer that question directly, but I will say that, like, with, uh, when August asked me a question early in pre production, he said, should I play Lucas as if he is crazy? Or should I play Lucas as if all the things around him are real? And I said, play everything as if everything around him is real, right? Because certainly it is real to Lucas. And like whatever the audience perceives, whether they perceive the monster as a manifestation of Lucas's desires or, uh, or they perceive the monster as something invoked by Lucas that spins out of his control, either way, the story is basically the sorcerer's apprentice. These things have spun out of control and they would have spun out of control whether the monster exists or does not. If the monster exists, exacerbates the situation that was already terrible. And if the monster does not exist, then it uh, then it's a manifestation of stuff that was already happening that was doomed to hit a collision course. Cool. Yeah, August. In, in general, how do you, how do you get to those dark places? You know, it just seems very hard to do, no matter what age. Is it? Is it an easy question to answer because that's just part of your job? That's, that's what you're supposed to do? And how did you prep for such emotional stuff? So previous to Slapface, I have I barely watched any horror movies. So I had no idea how to um, reenact those um, those dark themes. And um, what I did was I, I, I studied a whole bunch of different horror movies that were psychological and also ones that weren't psychological, like murder ones. And it, and also just being there on location, all of it combined just really helped me bring myself to the character. And I was, I was basically like, like Mike said, I was in a cabin by myself with my mom in the, like in the forest. So it was like, I was, I was living in the forest and I was, I was, I was the character. So it was just so easy to come to the character, not only because I was, I was studied for the role, but also because we were there in Fishkill, New York, which was, I I don't think I'll ever have the opportunity again. Yeah. I I think it was also, you said earlier in the interview that this felt intimate to you. And I feel like we sort of had this unspoken agreement that we were not going to play this like a horror film. So often in horror films, you know, they play this, you know, characters play the scare or they, or they, they, they'll do something because it's scary or because it's unexpected without that being grounded in the truth of the character or the truth of the moment. And I think in this one, you know, it is scary because we play it like almost like a family drama that, that has a witch thrown in. Um, and we have these real moments uh, between Tom and, and Lucas that I think you, you feel, you feel the love or you feel the aggression. And like Jeremiah said, when Tom is slapping Lucas, he's doing it because he thinks he, that's what their father did to him. And he thinks that he is reprimanding his brother in the best way he knows how. So it's not, oh, hey, we're going to start the movie with some violence because that's cool. It's no, we are going to start the movie with, with violence because we want the audience 
from the first minute they watch this film to know what they're in for. And, and to, and then we will sort of, we'll show that violence. And then throughout the movie, we unpack where that violence sort of comes from. Mike, in general, you know, there's so many books and so many classes on how to be, how to become a great writer or director or actor. But in general, what are the skill sets that one needs to become an effective producer? Because that seems to me like a very insurmountable and challenging job. I've, yeah, I think there's no real, I mean, I, obviously there are books and there are videos that you can read and watch and study, but I think every acting job, every producing job is different. And I feel like as a producer, you just, you're walking around set with a fire extinguisher trying to put out fires and that's really what it is. And I, you know, it's, Pre-production is so important and having your locations and having the budget and having, every, you, you know, your actors praying that you, you cast the right actors for the job and they're going to show up and do their job and, and, you know, praying that you have the same vision as the writer director and, and that he has everything he needs or she, you know, but in this case, Jeremiah. Um, and then the rest of it is just putting out fires and, and just trying to make sure that, you know, the, the cogs are, are oiled. Um, so to speak. And, and that's basically what I did. One of my biggest fears on this one was that the producing responsibilities while we were filming was going to get in the way of my ability to portray Tom and to act. And, um, and there was no time, if anything, the stress, uh, of producing while we were shooting, uh, added to the stress that I was feeling as Tom as the character. And I think added some moments that the one scene really quick, cause I know we have a minute. The, my, my favorite moment in the film is where Tom and Lucas are arguing in the living room and Tom just grabs Lucas and hugs him and holds him. And, and they have this really tender moment. And that was a particularly hard day for me as a producer. I was dealing with so many things. And I think in that moment, I genuinely just needed a hug. And I think there were a few of those times where that emotion showed through. And, and it was because, you know, of all the stress and everything as a producer that I was also juggling. Great. Before we leave, Jeremiah, uh, it comes out on DVD this week. Are you a big DVD or Blu-ray collector? Is there still a place? For, I'm a huge physical media guy, but is there still a, a huge value regarding owning your own DVD or Blu-ray collection from your, your, your POV as a cinephile and filmmaker? Yeah, I'm passionate about physical media. Like, I love the feeling of um, completing your library and having these things on your shelf. And also, you know that you will always have access to that piece of media. It's like if I feel like watching this piece of media today, I don't need to scour all the streaming services to find it because some films are hard to find. But if I have the physical media, I can always pull it off the shelf, pop it in and watch it whenever I feel like it. Um, I also love the feeling of having books on bookshelves and, and uh, DVDs. It makes you feel like a, like a collector. Uh, and I think these things are meant to be embraced and loved. And if anybody buys the physical media, I hope they embrace it in the spirit of which this film was made, which was in a very loving way. And 22nd out, August, a quick question. One of your, what's one of your uh, favorite films of all time? And what is it about this film that you love? So, um, favorite films of all time. I, well, I don't have a certain one, but I really, really, really love anything that's drama or thriller or horror because there's so many, themes that are mixed in into into one project that is so it's 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 amazing to watch and to see it happen in front of you and that i think this movie accomplished that 100 percent. and um i'm so proud of this movie and how far it's come and now that it's like releasing um physically i literally right after this i'm gonna go to target and go get it and uh it's just going to be so cool to see it on the shelves. 
Great. Thank you guys so much for your time. Great accomplishment and great film. Really love this. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Greg. Great questions. Thank you.